Good morning, Manchester, and to those of you in surrounding towns, welcome to Hour 2 of Gerard at Large. I am your ever-humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us online at GerardAtLarge.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, also at Gerard at Large, where we encourage you to like us and to follow us because we just want to be loved. Oh, my head. Okay. All right. Let me see. What do we have here? I have an incoming message. All right. Well. (laughs) There you go. All right. Um, I do want to get to uh, a couple of things that uh, were that are in the news, and I, I, I want to keep the discussion on this rezoning uh, and South Mammoth Road alive because there were a lot of points that we didn't get to yesterday for a variety of reasons, not the least of which was. At, <laughs> and you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at something too. Before we get to that, um, let's talk about Las Vegas for a second, shall we? But uh, we will get to the South Mammoth Road uh, rezoning thing because there were a couple very important points made by some of the aldermen, uh, particularly those who opposed it, that uh, I think I think merit um, attention. Uh, and I do want to uh, uh, tackle this severance thing because I think people need to have a better idea of of what's going on. Um, hmm. Yeah, let's let's do that now instead of <sighs> just have. Is anybody, is it just me or do I look at those two blown out windows at the Mandalay Bay and think that was one really big room or those windows are blown out in different rooms? I I mean, there are a serious number of windows in between the two that got shot out. You know what I'm saying? They, they can't possibly be in a, in a, in a place that's got 3000 rooms. It doesn't strike me as possible that. One room could be that big. You know what I mean? But we'll get to that later. So um, one of the things that uh, was said that I think bears merit in this discussion over the rezoning on South Mammoth Road was said by Alderman Patrick Long, and I, I happen to agree with it, because people were talking about the amount of money in taxes the city would collect if the project went through. And Alderman Long, I think, very wisely said, well, I don't think uh, we ought to consider rezoning in terms of revenue. Revenue should not be a consideration. And at the end of the day, that's really what this is all about. What this is really all about is money on a number of fronts. (laughs) You know, Eddie Sapienza was the first one to raise the issue of a compelling interest. What is the compelling interest the city has to change the zoning? What right or what wrong is going to be righted? What advantage is going to be gained? And I'm sure supporters of the proposal would say, oh, well, we're going to get $600,000 in revenue. But, you know, that's like me saying I'm going to take in X number of thousands of dollars in revenue from an advertiser, but I'll have to spend at least that much to provide the advertising. So if that puts me in the hole, that's advertising that I don't want. You know, if it costs me more to have an advertiser than I get from the advertiser, it's not going to be long before I go out of business. Well, in, in, in 
you know, the public realm, it's no big deal because, well, you'll just raise taxes on everybody else to offset your losses. I mean, this is what happens. So I, I, I think Alderman Long um, very, very wisely kind of couched this as it shouldn't be about the tax revenue. It should be about what's right for the city. And there are instances where additional tax revenue are not right for the city because it disrupts the character of a neighborhood. It causes a fundamental change or it presents a fundamental problem. And, and the problem that I see here is the precedent that gets set. This, this one particular developer seems to have charmed status. He went to the alderman to change single-family zoning on Front Street so he could put 22 of these uh, uh, you know, multi-unit uh, townhouses, rental, rental properties, onto just two acres. Then he went to the city. And he got him to change 35 acres of commercial industrial land on Hackett Hill so he could build another 150 plus. You know, one of the ironies of this, and I think it was um, uh, Patrice Bernard, a resident of Ward 8, who brought it up. You know, Garth Corovo, the former Ward 6 alderman, who now lives in those townhouses up on Hackett Hill. You know, the ones they say weren't going to have kids. Yeah, Well, he's got two of them. And he moved there. Uh <laughs> Uh, so a, a guy with, uh, you know, a young family, two kids, and God knows if they're going to have any more is living in that housing. Where are those kids going to go? They're going to go to the school with the worst uh, crowding issue that the city has, and that's uh, Northwest Elementary. And oh, by the way, if you actually draw the lines around Northwest Elementary, um, the way they need to be drawn in order to uh, take the pressure there, assuming no grade realignment, which needs to happen, et cetera, et cetera. Guess what? Every kid who lives in the neighborhood that Northwest is in would be put on a bus and sent to Gosler Park because there are that many kids coming out of Hackett Hill. Well, that's stupid. Um, but I, I do think that um, the idea of, well, it's all about the tax money is the wrong way to look at it. I mean, by, by that measure, why not take that 25 acres and, and rezone it uh, commercial and put a bunch of office buildings there? That would probably have, you know, less of an impact. Who knows? But these things are, you know, these things are not uh, without their expenses and they're not without their impacts. And for the board to go ahead and do this, Without having any real concrete, and you know what? Well, Lavasser made you know Lavasser made some decent points in favor of uh, of the thing. I mean, there's a legitimate point of view that says this is good for the city, and here's why. I don't happen to agree with that point of view, but I happen to because my own personal belief is that the city as a whole and that neighborhood in particular would be better served by housing that attracts stable residents. Rental housing, particularly high-priced rental housing, does not attract a stable resident base. It attracts a transient resident base. And one of the neighbors brought that up. She said, you want to build housing that people will move to Manchester to stay in, not move to Manchester to transition through. And the two dozen houses that could be built on that land with the zoning the way it currently is would no doubt provide Manchester with a higher income, stable neighborhood 
that, yes, would have impacts on schools and services, but as a general matter, would would draw a group of people that are vested in that neighborhood, vested in the community, vested in the city, and participants in the process. People who live in rental housing, I don't care what the rent is, generally speaking, are short-termers that aren't participants. They're transients. They're in, they're out, they're in, they're out, they're in, they're out, and that is destabilizing to any city, especially if they have kids, because the kids that come to the school will be in and out with the parents who live in this allegedly high-rent neighborhood. And I say allegedly, not that they won't try to charge what they want to charge and not that they won't get it, but we all know economies turn, and when economies turn, landlords will drop their rents Uh, or they'll take public assistance, or they'll do whatever it is they can to keep their cash flow coming. That needs to be part of the equation, folks. That needs to be part of the equation. And so, um, but to look at the revenue without the expense or the potential expense is is pure folly. And then, uh, you know, I learned yesterday, and had I known this, I would have discussed it, but I learned yesterday Um, We saw the tweet that Joyce Craig put out opposing the project. Now, this project has been out there for months. The first public hearings on this thing were back, I believe, in June or the beginning of July. Might have been even earlier. Uh this is not a new oh not it's not that it might be even earlier it was earlier because it came before the board and the board uh, the, uh, the board had to order a public hearing so this has literally been out there for months and Joyce Craig waits until the day before or actually the day of the vote to put out a statement demanding that the mayor veto it while attacking him for pay to play politics because the developer um, contributed to Gatsis's campaign so, uh, of course, I'm sure she's above pay-to-play politics with all of the unions whose contracts are coming due in the next term, right? We'll, we'll, it, we'll, we'll see what, what happens there if she gets elected mayor. But here's the thing. It was a cynical, in my never-to-be-humble opinion, as your ever-humble host, it was a huge cynical, uh, a politically cynical play to put out that statement in opposition and then show up at the meeting. Now, she was at City Hall Tuesday night. She was in the aldermanic chamber. And not once did she come forward to speak against the program. Now, she's had months to do it. Months, M-O-N-T-H-S, months to do it. And the day of the vote, she releases a statement. She shows up at City Hall. And yet, she did not come to the microphone and say, I oppose it. Now, she's got a lot of people on that board who are supporting her. Among them is Kevin Kavanaugh. He did the right thing. He voted with the neighbors in the neighborhood. He voted with the ward alderman. He listened. Ron Ludwig is a big supporter of hers. He didn't listen. Do you think if Joyce Craig really wanted it, she would have gone to wanted it to fail? She would have gone to Ron Ludwig and said, hey, Ron, I need you on this one. Chris Herbert, big supporter of hers. He voted for it. Danny O'Neill, big supporter of hers. Bill Berry, big supporter of hers. 
she had at least four of uh, four big supporters between uh, between Ludwig, Herbert, O'Neill, and Barry. Ra- uh, Norm Gumash. I don't know what Norm Gumash big supporter of hers. That's five. Five. Brought to you by the number five. Joyce Craig invested absolutely no political capital in opposing this plan. She issues a statement the day of the vote so she can, what, swoop in and say to the residents of Lucas Road, well, if I had been mayor, it would have been entirely different. Would it have been? See, I guess if you want to show you have leadership prowess and that you want to do the right thing for the right reasons, you don't wait to the day of the vote release a statement on Twitter and Facebook show up at the meeting and then say nothing now what would happen if Joyce Craig had showed up at the meeting and took three minutes to urge the board to oppose it for whatever reason she was going to urge the board to oppose it and they approved it anyway well she might have egg on her face well news for you Joyce you don't always you know leadership isn't always about winning the vote is about making the case and starting the process of change right but if she did show up if she had spoken against it not only tuesday night but at any time in the few any time in the past that this was up before the board or up before a public hearing she could have legitimately claimed her opposition see now if i'd known that yesterday during my interview with her i would have asked her about that why she showed up and said nothing. But that's how cynical it's become there. You can have a legitimate disagreement on whether or not this is in the best interest of the city. I happen to think it's not. It has nothing to do with the developer. Is and, and that's the other thing. You know, they made this a cause, just like they're making guns the focus of what happened in Las Vegas. The aldermen who support this are making the developer the reason why it needs to be supported. That's the wrong way to look at it. So you can uh, you can disagree on whether or not it's in the best interest of the city, but arm yourself with the actual data and facts to do it. And if you're Joyce Craig, good grief, Joyce. Really, if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one here to there to hear it, does it make a sound? Well, if Joyce Craig is opposed to something and she doesn't tell anybody, is she a leader? This is Gerard at Large.